Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. I am very excited to do just that today with training facility owner for Strict Vision Athletics, Brandon Cunier. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. But we were joking earlier, you haven't quite had enough caffeine yet. Not quite yet. Getting, on, getting there, working on it. I see that it start, the, the, the color is starting to rise. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, we have uh, Andy White, your PR manager, to thank for our opportunity. She's in the house today. Thank you, Andy. Yes, and we always appreciate that. And we just made the connection with uh, Devin and Saul, which is how you guys found us, which, yeah. which we're really appreciative when we have those neat connections. When someone's paying attention to what we're doing and says, Oh, I've got somebody who I think you ought to interview yeah. and get to know. So let's do that, Brandon. Let's get to know you. Tell us about Strict Vision Athletics, and, and then sure. we'll just go from there. Absolutely. Um, Strict Vision Athletics is a private training facility in Gilbert, Arizona. We've been in operations almost nine years now. Uh, the uniqueness of our brand is that, first and foremost, it is a in-house business, which is by far the most unique thing you'll find when you when you do come to the facility. Yeah. It's uh, something that I actually built from the ground up. And I literally mean that because it was built in my garage as a startup. That's what you mean by in-house. Like in-house. In your house. Yes. <laughs> or in yep. your garage. But okay, mm-hmm. I was one, I was going to ask for the definition for that. So this is, yeah, tell us about that. That's amazing. Yeah. The big question I get, especially today, is that did this start because of COVID? That's the big question I get because being a personal trainer, being in that industry, especially during COVID, was very difficult for a lot of the box gym, a lot of the people that train in the public. Uh, The answer is no, it did not start there. Like I said, nine years ago, predates COVID, obviously. I met a guy who initially was doing this out of his house. He created uh, a Cybex basement gym. And I just thought the idea uh, held some weight. I thought it was unique. And I, I really didn't have the foresight to see the uh, money I would save in overhead and all that kind of stuff. But along the way, that certainly became evident that, wow, this actually has, this is how people should be doing this. This, If, if you take this as seriously as we have, and Andy's part of our team, we have four people that run the company today, but I myself ran it for the first, call it two and a half, three years by myself, just building very slowly. I uh, had a background in kinesiology. That's what I studied in school. I had uh, four years actually training with a guy. His name's Ian Danny. You should have him on the show as well. Okay, He's done. incredible. Uh, he we'll runs... Come, we'll have you come back and do it together. Yeah, yeah. He uh, is probably one of the top exercise scientists in the... I, I would comfortably say probably in the world. He operates out of Scottsdale and he actually just moved to Tempe. So he's actually kind of near here now. He moved his facility, came to Tempe and I interned with him and trained with him for about four years prior to doing my own thing. So I've been in the industry professionally for about 13 years now. In that time, learned a lot of lessons along the way and uh, Strict Vision Athletics as it sits here today is definitely the culmination of all of those different lessons and all the different things that have come together to get. Today we have about 2,500 working square feet of training inside of the gym. It's the garage. It's the back area has been retrofitted with an endless pool, an ice bath, a sauna, a jacuzzi. We've got a PT clinic where we're starting something up. We're going to be doing red light yoga. I have an instructor. Yeah, she's coming in to do that. And then we're actually also doing massage, active relief therapy, cupping, all that stuff for PT and recovery as well. So it's sort of a one-stop shop. Oh, and the podcast too. I forgot about oh, that. Oh yeah. We, Tell we us about a, the podcast. Yeah. Oh, love the podcast. Yeah. It's so much fun. Do I have a name? For, there's a name? For yeah. Uh, Becoming the 1% podcast. Okay. Is, and is our, yeah. Our and so let's talk about that. What does that mean? Becoming the 1%? Yeah. I kept the bandwidth 
very wide when it came to the podcast. I did not want to be locked into fitness and only fitness. If I'm being honest, fitness-related podcasts are usually the ones that I look forward to the least just because it's what I've studied for so long. And for me and myself, I... I love to learn about topics that I have no knowledge of whatsoever. I love going entirely green. I find myself to be more curious when the conversation leads along the lines of something I don't know. We had uh, we had cultish on last week where we talked about uh, religious movements that turn into cults and how people get indoctrinated and how they, they kidnap people to get them out. And it was the mo- just something like that is yeah. so captivating to me. But becoming the one percent podcast is essentially our outreach to find people who are doing the absolute best in their given field. Mm-hmm. That's really all it is. Love it, it. It's very broad. And, and we did that on purpose. I wanted yeah. everyone. I want to talk to anybody. And that's, that's, what it, that's what it's been doing. Yeah. Brilliant. And obviously, when you're having those kinds of conversations with, I'll use the word elite, right? Mm-hmm. That's really how it radiates and you get more of that back in clientele and friendships and, and experiences. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. I don't think I've ever shared this in the almost six years that I've owned the studio. Mm. The very first idea for the parent company for Business Radio, so I'm a licensed partner, originated from a show, a podcast before podcasting was popular yeah. 15, 16 years ago called The Fitness and the Fat Guy. <laughs> Fitness and the Fat Guy. And it, was like a, it. and it was a radio show, like a traditional radio, terrestrial radio show. And I believe then they brought it to podcasts, again, early adopters. Mm-hmm. And the fat guy, <laughs> he's not fat at all, but Lee Cantor is our founder. Yeah. And he was the partner with the fitness guy. And it was this shtick that just worked. Like it made sense, right? And they talked about everything under the sun. But then Lee and then eventually his partner, Stone Payton, were like, wow, if we could hold conversations that were candid, authentic, real, and know that everybody's story matters when it comes to business, not right. just the big enterprise that, you know, ABC and NBC want to feature, but the little guys like us who have incredible gyms in our garage and, you know, we're, we're showing up and making a difference. So there you go. So, you know, yeah. not everybody listens to uh, fitness podcasts anymore, but... <laughs> no, it, it's, it's also, I think it's, if you are someone who is considering going into this kind of media in any developmental phase, wherever you're at, yeah. I would always advise starting something from the ground up, starting with something as small as even a YouTube channel. I agree. Doing that as opposed to getting on television, onto a show, you of course know this, there are regulations and certain things you have to meet in order to be on a big, big broadcast that you don't have to have when you're on your own YouTube channel. Yep. Yeah, and, and creating something that you can make your own way, that's really what I wanted to do. And that's, that's sort of why You've we went it. the, way we, uh, the yeah. way we did. Yeah. And to add to that point, because I think you're spot on, it's what we do for our clients here, professional organizations and associations and business executives and business owners podcast with us. This just happens to be my show since I own the studio. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We say, why would you wait for NBC or ABC or even the local news station to pick up your story now with the way social media is? And to your point, YouTube and LinkedIn, podcasting. Continue to tell your own own story and like what you're doing, which again is brilliant. It's what we do. It's not just about Brandon or Karen. How can I listen to somebody else's story so I can build that rapport and relationship? So yeah, you're. I love that you're doing it right. And yeah. you certainly have an amazing team as part of your program. I How do, yeah. so. Uh, you've owned the business for 
nine years, you said? Seven? Nine years, nine. Yeah, in, yeah, in my house. Yeah. And always athletic as a young man growing up. Like, tell us your backstory. And you grew up here, I think I read. I did, yeah. I'm local, which is weird because now no one, nobody's from Arizona yeah. anymore. I very rarely meet locals. Um, yes, I had a very active childhood and background. My dad was very, very into sports, got us all. I'm one of four, so I have two brothers and a sister. All played sports, all did that all through uh, high school. I fully honest, I really only played organized sports into college. And then I did intramural volleyball. And that's really kind of where my mm -hmm. official sport career ended. But always active, always knew the value of training, got introduced to training when I was probably 14 or 15. It's right around the time we were wrestling. And so strength training was important at that time. But I really found a love for it by the time I graduated high school, I would say. By the time I graduated high school, got to college, that's when I started to really love kinesiology and the science side of things as well. Really understanding the body, understanding, you know, that once you start down this road professionally, there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people that are in this industry. How exactly do you separate yourself from that margin? How do you tell your clients, hey, I'm a little bit different? And one way that I really found was through schooling. And that's why I, I mean, I, I got a master's in exercise science. I've taken probably six to seven different certifications and I just sort of continue to learn. That's a, that's a really important part for me as a trainer, just to really keep my mind like a sponge, just keep absorbing information. And whether it's in a podcast setting or in an official certification or anything like that, I like to always be learning. That's sort of my favorite thing these days. Yeah. And I think we always have to, especially when it comes to your industry, stay ahead of what's happening, not just trends, right? Because trends, we can find out later, oh yeah, that, that wasn't healthy or smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I hear you saying is that you're staying aware of and on the leading edge of what works body dynamic wise totally. and continue to find out nutrition and the way our body moves and the way we show up in our mindset really makes a difference. I, I'm getting a sense from you just in the brief time that we've had together so far that that all is part of how you work with your clients. Am I right in thinking that it's not just the physical piece? There's got to be the mental health piece as well. Oh, absolutely. And nutrition. Uh, and nutrition, <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all a giant moving uh, puzzle with a bunch of different pieces. And there, it's very important to make sure that when you are working with a client that you explain that you can't just take one and not the other, whether it is either, I mean, you never really get into this business as a trainer thinking you're going to be a mental therapist, but a lot of times you kind of hit the nail on the head. Sometimes I, I think a hairdresser or a hairstylist thinks the same thing. Exactly. Right? You're kind or of, even, or even the bank teller. Like yeah. literally, any job we show up, we kind of are therapists. Deal with people. people have problems, and they drag those. And sometimes you're not ready for it. Sometimes it's you know, hey, maybe maybe it's been a long day. Maybe it's like the last client of the day, and you're tired. And, you, and then they come in, and they've just got this big long story they've got to tell you, and part of being a really successful people person, not just trainer, like you said, a bank teller, anybody yeah. who's dealing with part of being successful as, as a person who works in a job with people is just being able to kind of chameleon that situation and listen to that story yeah. and be somebody to just talk to. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a big reason why I love what I do is that I get to actually see real people and actually hear real stories and, and get out of my own world because my, my 
business, my life, everything is so, you know, intertwined. intertwined. So it's nice for me to get out of that when a client comes in and tells me a story about something that's going on, whether it's good or bad. It's yeah. nice. I, I like that side of the business. Excellent. And yeah, your, your, um, your gym and home are in Gilbert. Did you grow up in Gilbert specifically or were you that part of the valley? Mostly. Uh-huh. I, I was born in Tempe and then moved to Gilbert. Same. Tempe Did... for me. I wasn't born in Tempe, but I went to high school in Tempe. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Which high school? McClintock. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. And my son is at Corona. My 15-year-old, my other mm-hmm. two already, already graduated from Corona, and he wrestled this year as a freshman, Ooh. only wrestled one year before that, and took state at 126, whatever that weight class would be. That's awesome. I was going to say, well, wait And now it? he's playing baseball. There you go. Good for super, him. Super, super proud of him. He is, he is our athlete, for sure. Oh, sports are great. Yeah. It, it just lays an amazing foundation for life. Uh, for me, uh, the youngest thing I did, I started with gymnastics, and then I did wrestling, and then I did uh, cross country, briefly did baseball. It really wasn't my favorite. And then pretty much volleyball all throughout the rest of yeah. the time there. <laughs> so who comes to you? Who's the best client? Mm-hmm. And and I'd imagine there's a great sweet set of referrals that come to you. But sure. is it who is that that comes and spends time in your gym? Good question. Very good question. Becoming the 1% sort of was a slogan as well as our podcast name. Okay. And, I, and I love the branding, which it was brilliant on the part of my partner to really merge those two together, both through the podcast and through the slogan for the gym. I would say our facility does, in fact, cater to really only about, I mean, 1% of the population, strictly from the standpoint of it's private. So it comes with a certain price point, that right there. And for trainers that are getting into the business, I always strive that they try to reach this point where you can be super selective with the people that you work with. I work with middle-aged men and women, usually professionals. I get a lot of investors. I get a lot of medical. I get a lot of um, uh, entrepreneurs. I get a lot of ex-professional athletes. Not as many professional athletes as, of course, I did when I was with Ian because that's all his demographic is, is pro athletes. So to me, it's successful, middle-aged, enthusiastic people who have done decent or very well in business and can afford a private setting, private training, private massage, yoga, whatever it is they want. Our facility kind of niches in yeah. that little corner of the market. Yeah. I'm, I'm hearing so. Is that, that's okay? Okay, yeah, that's, good. it's new for me too. Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll just, yeah, yeah. Daryl's pointing our producers like me, new for me too. <laughs> You're joking with your shirt and the whole Marvel, you know, the yeah. superhero thing. We were joking earlier before we went live that I'm going to see if I can add some little sound bites of the, psh, you know, the, the yeah, 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 uh, yeah, superhero yeah. sounds. <laughs> Daryl's been working on that apparently. On the soundboard. <laughs> so yeah, one percent. What is the coolest thing that you could hear from a client after after a workout? Maybe not their first one, right? Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> um, no one's. <laughs> that's a good decision. Right, but they've been they've been coming to you for a while, and they come in, and you've noticed a difference. You've seen it. But what are they saying to you, Brandon? What's what's the what's the conversation that they that you go? Yes, this is what I live for. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times. I think the answer to that question lies in a change of perspective from the client themselves. And to what you just said, you know, maybe not after the first one, after the first 20 workouts with me, usually there's not too much positivity radiating in my direction from the, of course, they're (laughs) enjoying the fact that they're getting their butt kicked every day they come in. But what I find most rewarding, and there's one specific time, I mean, I've had clients tell me that 
they had been suicidal. I have had clients tell me that they had been considering divorce, that they were in bad emotional places. They yeah. had past trauma. I've had all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, nine years is a while. So you, you <laughs> do deal with, and especially the way that I am operating the business, it's one-on-one. It's quite literally private training. So I, it's inevitable. You form a very tight emotional connection. Yeah. I see these people more than I see my mom. I mean, I see some of my clients five times a week and I've had clients for four years. So I have a very consistent, I call them the pack 12. I have 12 clients that I see almost every single day, like clockwork. And so for me, this community of people, the most rewarding thing I can ever be told from someone like that is that they are actually getting help from this. And that is, if I could give a piece of advice to any new entrepreneur, any new business-minded person who's thinking, who is, let's say they're at the ground level, literally, they don't know what they want to do. A really good way to just narrow that decision down is choose something that is really going to help other people. Right. You're going to get really burnt out on just chasing what you want to do. And eventually it clicks for you that, okay, no, for me, the real satisfaction is if I can do what I want to do and it helps other people. Mm-hmm. That's where I think happiness is really found in business. Agreed. I love it. You've mentioned a couple of times um, that you had your mentor, of course. And are you also mentoring other people who are opening their own in-home gyms? Is that a part of your business plan? A small part, yes, we uh-huh. have. We have done some seminar work. We try to do one every, we would like to ramp it up a bit, but we do one usually every three months or so. Uh-huh. And what we do is we open our doors, we bring in, uh, uh, we just kind of op- open it up for a, a few hours, bring in some trainers. A lot of the last one, I think, had like 32 people. Wow. So it actually has a pretty good response now. Again, in, in response to what happens through the pandemic, what happened to the industry. A lot of people don't know that the fitness industry from the standpoint of the professional was really shook. They're, it suffered for a bit. It suffered it? for a bit. You had almost 80% of working trainers, you know, LA Fitness, EOS, those kinds of places. Those people were laid off or fired. So there's this big gap, this big vacuum that was created in the market where people are now thinking, okay, you know, I was thinking I might want to do this long term, but I don't know that I want to do something that can suddenly just sort of be taken away from me. Right. I, I don't like that. That doesn't make me comfortable. What we're presenting is one of the only through and through, you know, pandemic proof yeah. business models for fitness. Yeah. A- and it's not at all impossible to replicate. So, yes, I, I enjoy teaching. I enjoy sharing that with people who are where I was five years yeah. ago because you it's important to remember that. It's important to remember the people that are coming up behind you. So many questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the hardest lesson that you've had to learn as a business owner? Ooh, that's a good question. What's the hardest question I've had to learn? Yeah. I think for me personally, I am a very... I am what is referred to by my, uh, by my cohort as a, as a visionary eccentric. Uh, that comes with a lot of positivity. I can quite literally see what I want to accomplish before it happens. I can visualize it, whether that's maybe creating a new space or generating a new program or something we want to go with online. Mm-hmm. My problem is that with that side of my brain firing on all cylinders, I need someone in my life to balance and make me a little bit more patient. 
Hi. Hi. I think we are the same person. Are we? <laughs> well, yeah. it's and 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 people like us, we we have to find that that other half of our brain. We have to find someone in on our team or find someone around us that can help balance that. So the hardest lesson for me was learning to sort of delegate and let go. Yes, yes, and not doing it solo because it's not going to get done. It's not going to get done and I and you will never ever ever build. Yeah. Past the limits of your own abilities inside of one day. There's only one there's only so many hours in a day right. and I am only one person. And you yourself are you the only trainer at your gym? No. Okay. That's new. So in the last in the last week we have hired oh. two more 1099 trainers onto the onto the team. And before that, it was just you? It was just me, yes. So this is groundbreaking conversation right yeah, here. Yeah, this is new. <laughs> okay, yep. so I want to go back to what we said a second ago around the hardest lesson for you as a business owner. In the nine years you've had the business, you were doing uh, all the training yourself up until a week ago. Ish. Yes, all the training. Now, I, had, um, I was really only by myself up until about three years ago. Okay. My younger brother who graduated with a degree in finance and uh, social media marketing from uh, TCU. That's a sweet combo. It is. He came to me yeah. and he told me, he goes, because by then I had gained a little notoriety in sure. the industry. Like some people, they, mostly the conversation ended with, wow, that's a really cool gym. And that was about it. <laughs> but, he, the, but you knew you had something there. He knew he I knew had it. something there. <laughs> See, for me, I, I never saw myself as, frankly, I really disliked the idea of being an influencer or being, because uh, I saw the people doing that. And frankly, they were usually not all that great as trainers or as coaches. To me, that those weren't the types of people I idolized. And popular, but not necessarily proven, if I'm going to borrow Saul and, and Devin's words, right? Popular, not proven, or even worse, popular for being infamous. Right. You know, you, you can be famous online for horrendous things. You can make a lot of money online if you're a terrible person. Yeah. If you want to be the heel, if you want to be the bad guy, you can make a lot of money doing yeah. that. But who wants to do that? No. Oh, we know a couple so, of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you held back and like, nah, I don't, I'm not interested in that, yeah. in that influencer piece. And yet it started happening even despite you. Yeah. And I, then your brother comes along. I says, saw the value. Yeah. I saw the value of social media for marketing. And that was it. Yeah. To me, it was a means to an end. It's a place for me to run my ads. And that was about it. Yeah. He came to me and he said, he's like, look, I don't really think you understand what business you're in. Mm. You are you are locked in by the four walls of your what at the time was my garage. Yeah, now yeah. again, it's both bedrooms, garage, backyard, and all that <laughs> Do stuff. Do you but, sleep in the closet? <laughs> I, yeah. And you have a little uh, burner that where you make your meals because now the rest of the house is just work. No, if, just kidding. In all honesty, it's you're you're kidding. <laughs> but close. if you were to come out and see it, you would be shocked at how close <laughs> that description really oh, is. No. But regardless, I was locked into the space that I had and no. No advertising from the front. So everything had to be garnered through word of mouth, yeah. which was at the time how I primarily generated yep. leads or through social media. And I, of course, said, yeah, that's fine. I just use social media for it. And he goes, and he told me, he's like, no, we need to shift and pivot this company. You need to understand what this can be from an online space perspective. And even if you don't want to be the influencer or the trainer, this company yeah. can create one. Yeah, We can build over the next... And he told me, he goes, this is probably going to take about five years. And I, and I was, of course, like, well, okay, all right, great. And lo and behold, I mean, since he has come on board, yeah. I think we have almost 
400,000 subscribers. Wow. We've got, yeah, he, he's created click funnels and we did, we started the podcast and okay, I so never saw I any of that. your brother. <laughs> he is, I, he sounds, what is his name? Eli. Eli. Shout Eli. out to Eli. Yep. Eli so he's saying to Brandon, he's saying what you've done so far has been accidental. We need to get strategic because exactly. what you're yeah. creating yeah. here is, is working and you have no idea how much better it can work on behalf of the things that you're passionate and the way in which you want to help people. And of course, I'm, I'm speaking for Eli like I know him. <laughs> you're doing a good job though. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then there's ancillary services that can be offered outside of that, right? So you've got your 1% that come to you. Totally. And they're in the gym with you day in, day out. And then there's also an opportunity to offer some workshops on how do you do this for your own business if, if you're a fitness instructor and, and, and so on, right? So, there yeah. There's an endless amount of either free or yep. for yep. sale content yep. that can be created yep. from the space that we've made. And the partnership of both his brain and mine in what has been made. See, I, I was speaking about this last night. My mom called and was saying what an amazing team she thinks we really are. And I told her, this is why you've got your visionary like me. Yep. Everything is colorful. Everything is let's, let's make it and let's make it yesterday. It needs to be done. It's got to be done now. And then you've got your conservative minded person who's more analytical, who's more mathematical. My, my brother, who's like, okay, that's great. He's doing all these things. Now I need to somehow consolidate them, package them and present them to the public in a way that won't freak them out. Yes. And together we managed to make a very, very great brand and so something good. that is very fun. That to me was one of the most important things when I started leaning into the superhero side of the business, I wanted training to be fun. Yeah. When I look into, I just so funny, I went into an LA fit. I haven't been in a public gym in probably like seven years. I went into one randomly because my gym was being like clean. So yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll just go to, I'll go train elsewhere. And I just got in there. I'm like, it is just, I, I get it. I sometimes I forget that this is what most people think the gym is like. This is, this is, I get it. This is anxious. This is stressing. People are on the machines and they're dirty and it's, and it's kind of, you know, all the colors are kind of dim and, and yeah, it just stale, stale is the word yeah, that I keep stale. hearing myself as you're talking. Yeah. And, and it's, you go there and then you come to our place. You're just, you're like, it's, it's like two parts gym, one part art studio. And you've got it, the energy in there is just entirely different. So tell us more about the superhero thing. I loved comic books as a kid. I tell people I read comic books before I could even technically read. So that in and of itself was just something that I really enjoyed. Yeah. And then as I, I mean, frankly, who doesn't want to look like a superhero? Right. That's sort of why we're so enamored with yes. the whole idea that they can do these inhuman, ungodly things that we all wish we could one day do. And, and while we mean muscles. Up, can't fly, but at least I can look like I can <laughs> right. fly. Right. It's, and it's, it's smart marketing. We have hit, it has also allowed us to hit a demographic of people who otherwise, they wouldn't follow me if I was just a guy in my garage. Yeah. But if I do a podcast talking about the new Ant-Man movie and we're going to go into, you know, the multiverse and, and what, what do we think of Kang? What do we think? That's what we're doing now. Yeah. We don't just do fitness. We are now doing that. We will do movie discussions. We'll, we'll bring awesome. in uh, 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 local vendors who sell uh, comic books. Or we'll be, so it's, it's hitting a big crowd yeah. who otherwise would probably want nothing to do with me. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And to your point, I think 
not everybody digs a superhero, but most everybody does either from comic book days when we were kids or, you know, the incredible movie industry yeah. that has really personified this whole idea around superheroes and, and the collective connection between superheroes, oh. which we, I didn't have growing up. They were solo, flying solo with their one other person, yeah. right? And now they're all Avengers and... And it's seemingly endless. It, it, it's that crazy. That is the other thing that, again, I didn't plan for this. We started doing this before there was even Iron Man. They, yeah, because everyone's, that's a great perspective for me to chomp on. Like, you have been at this for a while. A while, a <laughs> yeah. long time. I mean, again, 13 years is a long yeah. time. And now everyone's kind of, some people are like, I don't know, mad that Disney took over. The, I'm, I'm thrilled with it. It's never going away. They are going to keep making these movies forever. Yeah. My brand recognition <laughs> will never be irrelevant. Right. It will always be cool. And Marvel versus DC, am I allowed to ask that question? Sure. I mean, <laughs> I go Is back that and forth. to ask that question? Am I going to be in trouble? <laughs> to be honest with you, because we have toyed around with the idea of creating a franchise, of packaging the business model and giving that to somebody else who it would be a very unique person because, yeah. I mean, right out the gate to create something, even half of what we have would be somewhere in the realm of like 50 to 100 grand to create this business. But we've toyed around with the idea of doing maybe like a, like a DC variation uh -huh. on what we have in a second location in another franchise's oh, cool. garage. Yeah. But it's, it's a lot of fun. And I personally think I actually like DC comics more. Really? Mm -hmm. I like them. I think the movies, I go back and forth because some of the DC movies are incredible. I mean, the Dark Knight franchise is that, the yeah. best, probably yeah. still. Yeah. But I think Marvel wins in the movie arena because they've just got more. They made mm -hmm. more movies that were better than DC did. I go back and forth though because I like both. And, and I, I don't, typically don't have a clue. I'll have to ask my 15-year-old, is this DC or Marvel? He's like, Mom, how many times do I have to explain yeah. this? Because he's got a handle on that. Yeah. Was there ever a plan B for you? Or is this, you've always known what, that this is your thing? You know, own your... I love you? this question. <laughs> well, I gotta say, I gotta hand it to Andy because I am looking at my so notes. So I, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I'll yeah. be honest, I am looking at my notes. I, yeah, I like this question because I think there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack with it, uh, especially as it comes to people who are in their startup phase who are considering doing something. I mean, in the beginning, in the very beginning, when I first wanted to buy my house, like that was the very first thing. I, I, I had this idea that I thought could one day come to fruition but I knew I had to do something to get money to start something up. So I went into real estate and I did that for about almost four years, three mm -hmm. to four years. I did well at it. Again, license made enough to get a house. So well enough to do that. And not every realtor does that. And not every way. realtor does that. I still would not consider, I never thought of real estate as a plan B. I always thought of it as a means to an end. Mm -hmm. I have always had, I, I think it's turned out to be uh, one of the bigger gifts that I've been given. I have always had a very clear vision on what I could see this becoming. Mm -hmm. So for me, when mm -hmm. I did real estate, it was a means to an end in order to get the house, to get the garage going, to get the gym, and then one day, hopefully to run a successful private business. That was the end of my vision. Of course, my brother's vision bolted <laughs> onto that and made it into what it is today along with the other members of my team. Yeah. But I never had a real plan B. To me, this was it. This was this was it. 
this is what I was put here to do. And a, a lot of entrepreneurs, myself included, mm-hmm. sometimes lay awake in bed at night looking at jobs, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Or, or, or thinking, gosh, if I can't get this off the ground and make this work, then I need to go work for somebody else, which is yeah. the crappiest thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I've been at this the, again for almost six years, but have a, been a private coach, uh, trauma integration and shadow work for years before that. For a while, I had to do some consulting work and, you know, to keep the dream alive. And there were many evenings, COVID, as recent as COVID, just thinking, okay, if this isn't going to work, then what's the alternative? The trouble with that is, (laughs) is then there's too many um, exit doors Mm -hmm. to say, you know, to not say I'm in it long enough to to make this work. So, So with someone like your drive and there is no plan B, I think that helps. And that's, again, that mentality that, that people can shift. Yeah. I've had to do that for myself. I, I've got to stop thinking that this isn't going to work and just shut that door and just keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah love it, it. Very important. And not without consequence either. This is another thing that I explain, especially in our seminar work, when people ask me about the startup phase. I, I still think of us in startup phase. I understand we're probably not, but I still think of it probably as... be healthy to have that mindset. To keep it, to always be hungry new. and be thinking, we're yeah. new. We're, we're brand new to the market. I'm, I'm new to the guy who's never heard of me before. Yep. So anybody who's never seen me, I'm brand new. But I tell people at the seminars when they ask about the true startup phase and, and, and you know, okay, I bought the house, I took a loan, I did, you know, all this type of stuff. I made no money. I made no money. I reported a zero, you know, profit for five years. So how did I do that? I not married, no kids, single guy. I had roommates in my house for the first three and a half years. Uh-huh. That is how I managed to squeak by with no money. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it was a true famine period in the beginning. With, But again, I never saw it as something that could fail. To me, it was like, okay, again, this is year one. All right, there's no money. All right, well, let's go on to year two, year three, year four. And really by year five, that was where a little profit really started yeah. to squeak in. Yeah. And for me, when I say I made no money, I made money. I took it all and threw Put it, it back, in, back the in the business. Yeah. Well, grind. You're talking about grinding. <laughs> and, it's a and just time. Yes. It is. There's yes. no way to pretend that it's not. And anybody who has truly done a startup of any kind knows what that is. Which is why it's so important, again, to go back to mindsets and that element of really being healthy. And holistically, which is what you teach in your gym. It's not just the physical building. It's the nutrition. It's the mental health, all that. And all the supplement services that you offer, the massage therapy, the cupping, the cold plunge, all that is part of how to support people in a really dynamic life. Yeah. And then you're sharing that now with people who potentially might want to have a a gym like yours. You've mentioned mental clarity a few times. And one of the things that I think right out of the gate that I knew I wanted to do was contrast therapy. That is by far the single most significant thing that anybody can be doing for their mental health. Tell me, Contrast therapy is a combination of cold and hot temperatures. So for us, and and we do everything literally in-house, I worked with engineer, a fabricator, a contracting crew. We created our own endless pool. We created our own sauna, created our own endless pool. We wanted to make these things one-of-a-kind prototypes for our facility. So our ice bath is 34 degrees. I just did my first ice bath. What do you think? I It was amazing. And I it was more... Um, I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah, I want to hear about it. What uh, was it like? 
it was, um, I would say, even life-changing, and I need to continue to do it. Uh, the place that I did it at, it was kind of a mind, body, spirit place. And I, so nice. there was more of a let the water free you from uh, some of the shit that's holding you back. Yep. And I really needed that at the time. My daughter, who's 26, and my 15-year-old were with me. It was a gift for her for, or from her for Christmas. And so <laughs> there's... Swag of a gift. <laughs> well, right. But yeah, and then we did breath work that day. And there was a sauna. Yep. And yep. then the red light therapy and the um, the compression. compression. And it was super cool. Was it, uh, where'd you go, Optimize? Uh, it's in Mesa. I'm really feel, there's a couple of places that yes, do this. and I and I feel bad because I don't remember the name. Yeah, um, but it was it was a good thirty minutes for us. I live in Awatuki, so mm. I need to find somewhere closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll probably um, look closer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, anyway, it was you know they they just talked me through it, and then the whole breath, and then uh, I was deeply afraid of it. Yep. And um, being cold, I don't like to be cold. I yep. stopped skiing no one years ago because I had, uh, you know, the uh, mountain sickness. And I'm like, done skiing. <laughs> I don't like to be cold. Uh-huh. So, yeah. yes, there's this whole, what do you call it? The cold and the hot. Cold and the hot together. Yes. yes. Well, let's go back to that. Sorry for the segue. The no, rat, it's the perfectly little, fine. Uh, I, I'm squirrel. <laughs> so, yeah, so happy you're doing it. I, I'm happy I hear when I hear that anybody's taking it yeah. on. If you never even worked out. Of course, I would never recommend someone do that, but you would still see the benefits from contrast therapy if you never touched a weight or ran ever again, but just started exposing yourself to the cold. Why? There are two big categories of benefits when it comes to contrast therapy, physical and mental. The mental one is what drew me to it initially and what you keep mentioning as, you know, what kind of mental acuity are we giving to the clients? Clients get to do contrast therapy after every single session. So a big part of my study when I was doing the masters, when I was doing all the you know research was on the combination of strength training and contrast therapy together. And what exactly do they offer? Are there negatives? Are there positives? What are they? Having them both under one location and the contrast therapy is right there in the backyard. So everybody comes for training. They do about 50 minutes of strength training with me and they go into the back and they do about 25 minutes of contrast therapy by themselves. And it's all ready to go. Sauna's 220 degrees. The uh, ice bath is 34 degrees. So the clients get to experience both. They get to, I teach them the breath work, just like you said. I teach them uh, my techniques for transcendental meditation while I'm in the ice. And then the time is theirs. It's kind of a suffer in silence sort of ordeal for them. But I have noticed, and so have the clients who do it, anyone will, there is a real fortitude, mentally speaking, that will be built up in your mind. We know how to train our biceps. We know how to train our legs, but we don't really know how to train our mind. You get stuck in a situation in life where maybe it could be something as severe as, you know, never ending insomnia, somebody with uh, panic attacks, anxiety, anything where our emotions override our critical thinking skills and logic. That's what happened to us. And it's even something as simple as getting angry in traffic. Getting in this ice bath where you are voluntarily exposing yourself to an environment that is 34 degrees and no one on this earth will ever, people ask, am I going to have a heart attack? Am I going to die? Am I going to like, that, that, no. It feels like that. We're worried it that It feels like happen. that, yes, because our fight or flight yep. kicks in yep. immediately when yep. we get into that sort of an environment. But being able to calm that voice, you know, keep yourself yep. yeah. still, disconnect your mind from your body. And that's the transcendental meditation that yes. I really teach. I tell my people, okay, well, for me, I take myself to my cabin, yep. I place myself in front of my fire, yep. I can see the rug, I can see the, you know, the fireplace, all of that. That's what I, that's where I go. And I'll just hang out in there for 10 minutes. 
And that's a lot of time. That's probably the most amount of time anybody should spend in 34 degrees. I was going to go there. <laughs> I, I tell my clients, you don't have to do quite so extreme as I do. Yeah. Uh, 11 minutes a week is really what I would recommend if someone okay. wants to get optimal benefits from that. Also, it doesn't really have to be 34 degree water. Again, everything I do is sort of to the extreme. Uh, so 1%. Fair. <laughs> but anything yeah. 40s or below, yeah. you're good. You you will get the benefits. And then the hot and, therapy after that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Dry sauna. For, is, you have a dry sauna. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. We have uh, we have infrared light, which is either on the outside. We also have infrared light in our yoga studio. But then we have the actual stone steam is the sauna itself. Wow. Which is hard to do because most saunas, the, I was sort of in a conundrum because most saunas, like I like, I like a Swedish sauna. I like the stone steam, the really, really yeah. hot ones That's where you like sweat it all out. Yeah. I don't like infrared saunas. I think they're pointless and boring. And I think we've been lied to. But I like infrared light. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to get a panel and a sauna. I'm going to put the panel outside the glass door. I'm going to heat the sauna up to 220 and then I'm going to be happy. And that's what I do. The experience of a sauna, even by itself without the contrast therapy, meaning cold to hot, yeah. is amazing in and of itself. So my clients who are like, look, I'm just not feeling the ice today. I'm like, all right, well, that's fine. Just do the yeah. sauna anyway. Yeah. Go back there. That's not, that option's there as well. But when you do them together, your body physically goes through a vasoconstriction then dilation phase where all of your red blood cells leave your extremities. They go to your core to keep your body warm during the time in the ice bath, trying to stay alive. Your body is consolidating all of its resources. That's why your fingers go numb, your toes go numb, and you feel like you punch the wall. Then you get out and get into the sauna, and that cycle reverses. My blood floods into my extremities. It goes down to my arms, my toes, and just circulates in all those new red blood cells heal. They remove inflammation. They just help you. That's why you feel less sore. That's why it helps in the long run. And so physically, as well as mentally, this is an amazing therapy to take place a couple times during your week. Yeah. And to your point, how convenient (laughs) that you have it right there for your clients. Yeah. So that it isn't an extra effort to have to go figure out where am I going to go do this too. Yeah, because yeah. there are cl- there are clinics all over the valley that yeah. uh, offer this sort of thing. Yes. They'll offer ice bath, sauna, red light. That's yeah. kind of a triage. That's yeah. what I find most of these places offer. So I was like, all right, well, we just got to make sure we have it here better than anyone else, yes. and uh, we win. And and plus 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 cupping plus yoga plus massage therapy mm-hmm. plus you plus training. <laughs> yeah, plus the periodization yeah. plus the endless pool. We're gonna do a plus swim superhero academy. theme. Yeah, right, and sweat academy. Uh, swim Academy. Oh, Swim Academy. So we, oh my goodness, if I could, if I could deter anyone from doing one thing, it's don't try to make an endless pool all by yourself. It, it's. The, oh, the endless pool as in like it does. The, yeah. Yeah. We I, made, I grew up a swimmer and. It, oh, really? Oh, yeah. oh, you have to come try it. And I'm so grateful for uh, one early morning workouts that went to high school mm-hmm. all those years because now I'm a morning person and yeah. I cannot start my day without being in my body and taking care of meditation and yoga and stretching and all that stuff uh, and swimming. I, I'm not, haven't always been in great shape but, and I've never not been, you know, on the other end of it because it's just part of me and swimming. I have to thank for that. The, the yeah. body mechanics and the way in which my body moves. So did you build an actual endless pool? Yes. <laughs> what? Yeah. So... Well, I, I say that with a question mark, but I've been with you for 30 years. <laughs> I'm like, of course you built your end, own endless pool. Really and truly, this was for... Because this took a year and some change to create this endless pool. I, I saw what was on the market and there's a really nice company called Endless Pools. If you want one, just go through them. Yes, it's <laughs> going to be more money, but, but, but don't make one. Yeah. It's just too much. But I wanted one. I wanted a bigger one. I wanted a larger model. I wanted one because 
Phelps is local. There's a lot of really yeah. big Olympic coaches that are here in Arizona. Yeah. I want to have that collaboration one day. So I wanted a big model. Plus my backyard, just, I just want a bigger one. <laughs> so we took a shipping container. I worked with an engineer and a wow. fabricator. And we basically parsoned off a small area in the back for all the motors and the filters and everything. Made it all in one piece, craned it over my house, <laughs> dropped it in a hole in my backyard. So it's partial in ground. It's right. five feet deep. We polycoated it, we foamed it, we put mirrors on the side, and then we, this is of course taking place in a 60 minute or a 60 second conversation, but this took so much time and we had to redo it five or six times. But uh, no, it works now. It's about 15 horsepower. So it is- I'm uh, coming swimming. It's very strong. Well, like a, like an ocean current? <laughs> it can go up or down, but yeah. So you'll, you'll bring it down. I've had, uh, I've had a few- proficient swimmers go inside of it and yeah. they're like, okay, this is basically simulating open water endurance <laughs> yeah. uh, training. Oh, and that's tough. It's hard to yeah. swim in that thing. I was not a bad, I was, I surfed all through college. I was not a bad swimmer and I get into that thing. I can't swim for more than three minutes without stopping. <laughs> like I can't, I'm, I'm like, okay, that's, that's it. Yes. But what an incredible, and we only just finished this last month. Oh, I love that we're, you're hitting all these high notes and some of this new stuff for you. I'm if you saw our place right now, we are on the tail end of the creation. Our entire, the entire west half of my house was created into the yoga studio and the massage room. We call it the regeneration room. Yeah, yeah. That's done. The last little bit is just connecting the gym to that. It should be done in another couple of weeks and then it's kind of done. But the pool, the studio, it yeah. all kind of went together. So yeah. yes, this is the tail end of a very long year and change long process. Okay. So when we look back and we go, okay, wow, we've worked our butts off for this and we're almost done. Mm -hmm. What's ahead for you in 2023? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's an exciting question. The next big push, the next big phase of development is a lot of what we've already talked about. We are going to be pushing into the franchise option. We are going to be really ramping up online training. We have now another team member who's actually my cousin. And he has a background with uh, like online MLM, network marketing, all that kind of stuff. Excellent. He is coming on board. He is going to run an online training space. He's going to create private Facebook groups and, and, and we're going to start a big communities around challenges and all that kind of stuff that so I love. I think it's a great motivational outreach and you can reach people who aren't local to Arizona. Yeah. That's what I love most. Yeah, Having him on the team again, to what we were talking about earlier, is the only way that this is possible. Because he's coming with the skill set. And he's coming with a skill set and he's going yeah. to run it. I don't have time. I'm not going to say And nor should you. Yeah. And so Eli's your brother and your cousin is? Jake. Jake, Eli and Jake. Yeah. Brandon. So Eli, Jake, Brandon, Andy. Andy. <laughs> Kimmy is our uh, semi-private trainer. So she so just good. started last week. So we're just now opening up her sessions. Right. And then uh, Natasha is our yoga instructor. She's going to be starting next week for the red light. Uh, we're going to call it pyro yoga. So She's going to do that. You like that? <laughs> I do. And then uh, Courtney is our massage therapist and she starts this week as well. So how many is that now? That's seven people. Yeah, a little bit more than that, I think. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> that's seven people? I think that's seven people. Okay, I need to stop telling people we're a four-person team. We're a <laughs> right. seven-person team now. Yes, so good. With a great vision uh, for 2023 and beyond. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. It's very exciting. Is there anything that I hadn't thought to ask that you know, really want our listeners and our viewers to know about Strict Vision Athletics and you? 
Well, I suppose the last thing would be if someone wanted to know kind of where to find more information, it'd be, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, we're uh, very active on just about every single social media platform you can imagine. TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. Uh, Instagram is probably the best place to reach us. Strict Vision Athletics. If you type in strict and you hit an underscore, we'll probably pop up. But Strict Vision Athletics, you can get us there or um, our website, strictvisionathletics.com. Either one will definitely get a response. But Yeah. yeah, we just... Look forward to 2023. It's a very, it's the most excited I've been for the beginning of a new year uh, since we started. Same. I have to show you an Instagram uh, little video that I reposted from the Daily Ohm site. And it's this, this young girl, really attractive. She's walking. It says 2015 and she bumps into this guy. And then it says 21 and 22 and she bumps into another guy. And it says 2023 and she just slams the guy and she's <laughs> walking through. I'm like, yes, yeah, that's me. That's me this year. It does, it does kind of feel that way all around, yeah. I think, because we all had to deal with what happened in 2020 and still 2021. Yeah. And frankly, even 2022, it felt like this is kind of just, yes. I feel like this year people are sort of sick of feeling like we're being we're done. Beaten. Yes. Yes. Like we're kind of done with it. Yes. So it's time. Been there, like, done that. Yeah. Worry about yourself. Focus on what it is you want to do. And, and anything is possible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good. Brandon, great to meet you. Very nice to meet you too. Karen. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Both of you guys. Thank you, uh, Gerald, as well. Yeah. And Andy, thank you so much. <laughs> Ooh, thank Andy. you for hooking it up. Go, Andy. <laughs> You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center. Some media leans left, some lean right, and we lean fitness. Until next time, I'm Karen Nowicki. Thanks for listening.